devil in the deep To Devil in the Detail, Salford Red Devils independent fan podcast with me, Rob Parkson. Joining the show this week, as ever, we've got Paul White. All right, Paul? Hey, Rob, you're right, mate. Yeah, it's been boiling in Costa del Sol over the last couple of days. Mini heat wave, we're all living the dream. Are you having a, a good uh, heat wave? Yeah, I've just got back from Scarborough. I've been up there for a couple of days camping with the kids, and um, yeah, it was red up there. It's like 20 odd, 28, 29 degrees up there, but yeah, I had a good time. I've just got back today and uh, you know, it's one of the rare occasions I've come back from Yorkshire with a smile on my face because we normally come back uh, after the defeat, don't we? But yeah, I'm, I'm all ready to go this this Friday night. Yeah, hopefully it'll, uh, the weather will hold until Friday, Paul. And, you know, after the the game kicks off, we have, we're full of sunshine rather than uh, rain. Yeah, let's hope so, mate. Yeah, we just want a nice dry night, don't we? Especially playing Hull. You know, they're a team who like to move the ball around the top of the table as well. So, I mean, if we can knock them off at home, I think... Um, beating the side that's top of the league. I think that would give us a great confidence and belief going into the middle eights. Cool. So what have we got on the show this week, Paul? We've got the news, we've got the review of the brilliant victory at Widnes uh, last Friday, we've got the amateur report and we've got a preview of the big game against Hull this Friday. OK, so we'll start with the news. Gentlemen, news. So all the news from Sofa Red Devils this week. First bit of news is the sports resolution uh, published a full report, Paul, on the uh, on the points uh, deduction. Uh, what did you make of it? Complicated, isn't it? It's a big, yeah. long report. I've I've read it a couple of times actually. And what one thing I did read into it is it, it's not just as simple as breaching the salary cap, is it? You know, it's not black and white. There's an awful lot of things that are in there, an awful lot of charges, an awful lot of things to, that have been discussed. And you know, we they've they've found us guilty on this thing, they've not found us not guilty on that thing. So there's more than one thing there involved, isn't there? So, uh, so yeah, I thought it was, it was very complicated and, you know, a lot of the stuff was about, you know, people's rent that they were paying and things like that. So one thing that, that came to mind with me is perhaps we've got to be a bit smarter with the way next season, especially the way we, we run things and, um, you know, paying people's rent and things like that, you know, we've got to make sure that that's all tied in with a salary cap. So I think there's a lesson, in, in a way, there's a lesson we can learn from it, isn't there? Yeah, I agree with that, Paul. Do you think, obviously, looking, you know, we've got all the, the meat and the bones and we've got both sides of, of the sort of argument now, Paul. Do you think, obviously, you know, Marwan painted this picture of, of, you know, him being totally right and the RFL being totally wrong? And, you know, with the report that's come out, it shows that, you know, it's not always cut and dry that, you know, what you know what people think, isn't it, really? Yeah, well, he, he sort of tried to con- convince us, really, didn't he? And he? I know he convinced a lot of supporters that we were, we were in the right. And I know... I thought, reading into things and what I'd heard, I thought perhaps you know we we would get a couple of points back. So in a way, you know, it's a bit of a letdown, isn't it? But um, but I think as a club now we've got we've got to move on from that. I mean, you could keep going round the houses, couldn't you, and keep talking about it. But I think we've just got to move forward now because we've got a very important part of the season coming up, and it's vital important that we all get behind the lads now because you know it's it's going to be tough the next sort of eight, seven or eight weeks. So um, we'll just all stick together, I think. Yeah, I'm obviously I need to applaud Marwan actually to be fair because obviously when we got our points deduction, he came out and he says right, I'm bullish. I'm you know I'm going to determine to get these points back, which gave us fans hope and it gave the players hope that you know they'll get these six points back. And obviously looking at the you know the the charges and that for me it was never going to happen. So for us to obviously continue our good form through the season and Marwan to obviously you know get this far along the season without obviously. This getting the appeal heard and the decision being finally made, if obviously he hadn't appealed against it, Paul, we would have lost our six points and there was a possibility of our our season 
Got a ball in well, yeah, if we hadn't appealed it, you know, the players' heads could have gone and, and dropped down. But, you know, we, our form was a bit patchy, wasn't it, after the appeal? We lost a couple of games. Well, we, we won a few games as well. We had a couple of good wins. You know, we nearly beat Wigan at home, which we, a game we should have won. Mm. We've been in a lot of tight games as well. So, I think a lot of that, though, has got to go to Ian Watson as well. Give him a lot of credit because he's kept everybody together. Him and Tim Sheen's on an even keel. He's kept everybody's heads up. And he, Ian has came out loads of times, hasn't he? And he said he's not interested in that. He's... He's just focusing on, on the pitch. He's going to let, let, leave Marwan and his solicitors to sort all that one. I think he's done a really good job, really, hasn't he, in, in keeping everybody together. And um, and like you say, yeah, Marwan's fought the cause, hasn't he? And let's just hope he, he, he sticks in there now and he's out with the club and he wants to keep going. Because really, if he was to leave now, it, it's really unfinished business for him because he, he's not really had the success. We've not really had the success and Marwan's not had the success that you know we, we thought we was going to have. So... Uh, so you know, my advice to him, for what it's worth, my want to be, you know, to stick in there because uh, you know it'd be a massive success to see Salford do something after after all these years. And you know, I don't think we're we're a million miles away from it. Yeah, I suppose with, without the points deduction, Paul, we'd be six, which would be a, a you know a fantastic season for for us. Uh, he's he's obviously uh, Marwan's decided he's going to have a kind of a fans uh, bar question and answer session at half six before the game on the on Friday, Paul. You know, if you had a chance, obviously, just to have a quick question with him what would you ask him do you reckon um, I'd basically ask him if he was going to stay and if his heart was still in it if he has he not had it all you know sort of driven out of him by the RFL and by the things that are going on because I know he's, he's disillusioned by you know what's been going on and how the games run and things like that and you know I try and keep a level head sometimes and you know, it's easy. You know, when you go to the games and you've been watching them as long as we have, you have you do get Salford blinkers, don't you? And I mean, I do. You look at things through your Salford glasses, but sometimes you have to take them off and, and look at the bigger picture. And 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 Marwan does that. He looks at how the game's being run and he cares about the game. So that's obvious. And that, I mean, in a way, I do as well. I mean, you you do support Salford, but you love the game of rugby league as well, and you want it to prosper. And and sometimes I don't think it does, does it? We seem to go around in circles and we miss the trick and rugby union seems to take over on us. And I think we are behind and we do there's certain things that need to be done. And he's come up with some great ideas and you know, I think he needs a bit a bit of backing for that. But just going back to the the season, I mean, if you'd have said to me at the start of the season, you know, we could be looking at like a sixth place finish. I think a lot of people would have laughed at you really. And I think, you know, we'd have been saying, Well, we're with this with the side that we put together, um, Sort of a workmanlike side, really. There's no really sort of star names, was there, in, in the team? And, um, you know, quite a few unknown players. I mean, to be up there in, in sort of sixth place, it'd have been a fantastic season. So, I mean, Ian Watson, it's not his fault that those points have gone. So, I think you can only judge him on, on his performances and his wins. And if we're to beat, um, beat Hull on uh, on Friday, I think that is that t- that's 10 wins, I think we've had. Mm. So, we, that's, not, that's not bad. That's not a bad season. I mean, it's not a Fantastic season, but it's not a bad one at all. And he's, you know, it's progress. It's progress from last season. So uh, if we can take that into next season. I'm, I'm sure we can do okay. That, that's all that matters, really, Paul. As long as the yeah. team's progressing and the club's progressing. Yeah. But for me, I'd probably be asking him. You know, what what's the plan for the next twelve months? What's the next plan for the next eighteen months? If you are to stay, mm-hmm. we we need to know what what you know what your your vision for the club is. It to continue to go out to the likes of you know the city of Manchester and the surrounding areas and, and promote. The club as as you know the Red Devils in the in the local area. Are you are you going to be trying to approach the the city of Salford as being the t- the team in your city? Because at the moment it's all Red Devils and it's all going out to you know to try and uh, you know entice the people of Manchester to come and, and watch uh, us. Uh, but that obviously that at doing that you kind of he's not really you know uh, engaging with the people in Salford, so you're not really getting a 
you know, turning your back on on your core support and your city mm. isn't, isn't the greatest plan of action for me. But so is is that is that something that you know you, you think about re-engaging with the people of Salford and and kind of you know trying to say right, this is your team, get behind. Yeah, we touched on it a bit last week when we were talking to Parky, didn't we, about you know feeling part of the the club and and, and and yeah I think so as well I think there's a, the, Salford's a big city and there's a lot of people who live in Salford and mm. I know the crowds weren't fantastic when we was at the Willows we had some good days didn't we I can remember seven seven or eight thousand there certain occasions you know first game of the season I think we played played Leeds early on in the, in the fixture towards the end of our stay there at the Willows and I remember being about eight thousand there so th- there's people there you know the interest is there I think but it's just it's just getting those people back and enticing those people back and you know, putting our name out there and letting the people of Salford Salford know that they were there. I mean, I know last season there was a lot of. I mean, I don't really follow much football anymore, but I know Salford City football did quite well last season, didn't they? Mm-hmm. They got quite a bit of publicity on the on the telly. And, you know, a few people have. I've got some stickers in my van at work, and I think I've said this before. A few people have said to me, "Oh, do you follow the football team?" And I go, "No, those, those stickers Salford is Salford Rugby League." And I think sometimes we. We don't put our name out there, and I'm not so sure with the Red Devils thing. I mean, the Red Devils is our nickname, and it always has, has been since you know the 30s, and that should stay there all the time in the background, I think. But I think your name, you've got to get your Salford on your products and, and put Salford out there because it's a proud club with a very proud history as well. I think as, as well, it's a bit of a gamble, obviously, going out, you know, to to the you know Manchester in the, the kind of bigger area to sort of entice them people in because obviously they have no kind of emotional attachment to Salford. They're just Going to come if, if we're if we're playing attractive rugby league and winning games. Um, obviously, being named Salford, your your city, you know, if you were you know Salfordian, it, it becomes an identity, doesn't it? In a way, of course it does, yeah. I suppose with like you say, with you know, we talk about you know, we don't talk about sales sharks, but obviously, you know, they play at the stadium as well. And I suppose their problem is being called Sale. If you were a Salford, you were from Salford, then why would you go and watch a, a team called Sale to play in Salford? You know what I mean? But I suppose they do. They get more more crowd than we do, but whether their crowd is bushed into another area, that that's that's the question. Yeah, yeah. well, the thing is with Sale, though, Rob, I mean, they, they're sort of the only Premier Rugby Union team in, in the North West, really, aren't they? There's no, there's no others in that top league that play. We've got, like, quite a... Um, Quite a lot of other clubs, haven't we, that are local to us. You've got Witness, Warrington, Wigan, St. Helens, all within a stone throw of Salford, haven't you, and Lee as well. Um, so Sale have only really got... Is it Newcastle? Are they in the, the yeah, Premier League? Yeah, the Derby, isn't it, Newcastle? Yeah, yeah. So they've not, they've not got as much competition as what we've got. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. And obviously, the, the club are trying the best. They've got this uh, daredevil deal where two adults, two juniors, parking, magazine, uh, £10 for food and drink, only £49, Paul. You know, I mean, they're trying the best. They're kind of, uh, you know, engaging with, with, with the you know potential supporters. I know they've been uh, around the city, um, you know, promoting the, the game. I'm just really kind of hoping that you know, they, they continue to do that and the people of Salford, you know, buy into it and, and come down and watch. Yeah, certainly do. I mean, it, it'd be great to get a good crowd on, on Friday night. I mean, with the weather that we're having, it's looking like it's going to be a decent night. Um, hold the top of the table. And, you know, we've got a chance of taking a scalp there, but, you know, that'd be a good scalp to not to knock them off at home and, and, and give us confidence going into the the um, the middle eights. But, you know, the win we had at Witness it was really good. I thought I thought we played really well. Last Friday, and uh, yeah, I think I think we've got a chance of knocking witness off, and I just hope everybody comes down because you know we've played some good stuff this season at home. Yeah, they've been in the, the junior schools and the you know the local schools in the area, and you know five pound for under 17s Paul. You know they, they, they are trying the best to, to attract the youth, and obviously the, the youth is important. You know if you can get 
you know, kids coming, uh, you know, to the game early, uh, you know, it gets ingrained in them, doesn't it? And then, it, you know, it, it just follows on. They turn into adult fans and then it breeds the next generation, doesn't it? Yeah, well, we were talking about that last week when we were parking, and I think I've mentioned it before. That's how I started going and got addicted to going. And you do, you do, you get like a. I was talking to somebody on Facebook today. You get like a blind loyalty and blind faith to them, and where you'll you'll do anything to to go to the games. I mean, it might it drives my missus daft, but you do, and that and that's what happens to you. And you know, you, sometimes when you're young, you don't have a right lot of money, do you? And and I I didn't, you know, I did a bit of a paper round, and that was it. And you know, you paid your you paid your fiver and you was you was a member for the season, weren't you? And you know that's great. I mean, under 17s, they're not going to be loaded, are they? So you'll get them in there, and you know, nine times out of ten, they'll bring a mate with them, won't they? Or bring a parent with them, and I think that's what it's all about. When it getting families in there and getting dads with lads in and all that. I mean, that's how I started going, and uh, I think that's the way to do it. But I just hope people do buy into it this week because you know I think it could be really good on Friday. I think it could be a cracking atmosphere. It's, it's difficult for the old supporters, and it? it's a long way for them to come on a Friday night. But the top of the table, aren't they? And, playing some good stuff and you know what better test for us to you know especially beat I think beating them and then going into that middle eight it'll give us some real confidence that because I think the witness win has given us confidence anyway but I think if we could knock all off I think you can go into that middle eights really flying them yeah and obviously you know it's up to us as well fans to, to promote the game obviously on on your social media and for me important part is posters putting your posters in your local pubs and your local shops just do one post to one place I know that's we keep banging on about that on, on the Twitter one post to one place, do your bit, because then obviously it just takes a little bit of pressure off the club, Paul, if we just do our one poster and then everyone gets Yeah, yeah, and it gets people talking about it as well, doesn't it? And it gets that buzz and then people are interested in it and asking me what's going on. And I think once you get that, you, things start snowballing then, don't they? And I think this, this middle eights could, you know, everyone's like saying, oh, it's going to be tough and I've said it's going to be hard and things like that. But it's another league. It's like a separate league now, isn't it? And it's something we can aim for, for winning. I know you don't get a trophy for winning it, but there's a lot of pride at stake there. And if you can finish top of that, you know, above Hull Kingston Rovers and Huddersfield, and, um, you know, I think that'd be that'd be brilliant. I think it really, and Leeds as well, to finish above them. I think it'd be brilliant, you know, finish to the season. And that's what I'm hoping for now, that we hit the ground running in this and, you know, really get that buzz. And then you finish the season, then don't you save for Super League next season. You've done really well. You've come top of a competition. Then you go into next season, you know, with a bit of confidence. You know, you win a couple of friendlies, win your first couple of games. I mean, look at the start of this season. We beat St. Helens and we think we beat Witness, didn't we? Mm-hmm. We won two out of the first three. And there's a real buzz about the place, wasn't there? Same last season when we got to, to Easter Monday. You look at the, the game against Wigan last, last year. I mean, that didn't take long, did it? A couple of wins and, you know, people are buzzing. That's, that's what we want as fans. I suppose that's what the club want as well. You want that atmosphere, don't you? Excitement yeah. that you're going to the game. It's going to be a good game. You know, we've got some quality players, that, like I say, now. I'm really hoping that, you know, we continue to build on, on this, Paul. Um, and, you know, who knows? We get through the middle eights uh, and then invest in a, a couple of new players in the off-season. You know, we could be pushing for a, a top eight finish next season. That's what it's all about. Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I just hope we... we... It doesn't. I mean, you know, we've seen it before. It's all you know, crises and things. Things happen. I just hope it doesn't go pear shaped in this middle eight, and you know, we end up in that million pound game and, and fighting. I'm sure we won't. I'm, I'm sure Ian Watson has got the lads prepared, and we've got some quality players on there. And you know, I've been watching quite a lot of the Super League recently. I saw a bit of the whole KR game last week and against Hull, and there's nothing to fear there. I mean, we can beat them all more away, and the same with Huddersfield, and I think even Leeds. I think with a bit of belief. We can we can beat Leeds. I know we never do away from home, and we don't do much at home. But you know those players are capable. 
they're more than capable of, of winning all those games in the middle eights. And there's, I don't think there's much to fear in that, that first division either. I think a lot of it is down to belief and just going in with the right attitude. Those players, I think I said it in my, my video, the witness game, those players deserve to be in that top eight. And they need to take that hunger now into this middle eight. And, you know, not a cockiness, but a hunger to, to prove to the RFL and the rest of the Super League that, we, you know, we should be in the top eight and let's, let's go out and, and dominate that middle eight. Yeah, I think for me, it's belief, it's hunger and it's mental strength. Because obviously, in this situation, the likes of Lee and, and Huddersfield and Leeds, you know, it's all about the name. It's all about having to get over the fact that it is Leeds Rhinos because they finished below us end of the day, at the end of the season. So technically, us being the side we are, take our six points off. We're the top six side, aren't we? Yeah. And, and, and the players have, have got to, hopefully, in their head, think, well, we're, we're a better side than them. Why, why are we why are we going to beat them? He's, and, and then and obviously put the effort in, you know, get get the performance right, because that's that's what the key is, isn't it? Getting your performance right. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, you know for me, for Huddersfield and, 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 and Leeds, it's obviously they're used to a top eight battle. What yeah. pressure, you know, if they can handle. Because I was at the bottom. There's a bit more pressure involved in that, because if you don't finish in that top four, you lose your job. And yeah. That's right. If, That's right. If you're in the top eight, if you don't win the grand final, whatever, you still got a job. Yeah. So it's a bar more pressure for me in that in that middle eight because if if it all goes wrong, you, you know you you're done, aren't you? So it's interesting to see how Leeds Rhinos and Huddersfield deal with that because for me it's a different kind of pressure. Yeah, well, Leeds could still actually finish above us. I mean, going into the last game, we've got 14, Hull Car's got 14, Leeds have got 14, and Huddersfield have got 12. Mm-hmm. So Huddersfield would have to make up a 53-point swing, you know, from their game and our game to finish above us, right. so, which is going to be very difficult. So I think Huddersfield are probably going to finish bottom. But the only worrying thing for me is if Hull Car play Leeds on Thursday night, mm-hmm. if those two were to draw, they'd both be on 15 points, then that would mean we'd be second bottom then. And having to be also, oh, no. you know, please God, God, um, one of them to win. Don't play a draw out. So. Yeah, it'd be but, like uh, a conspiracy theory galore if it's a, yeah, a, yeah. a draw. Well, no, I think I think um, I think the way Leeds are playing at the moment, I can see him beating all Kingston Rovers. Yeah, that, we're hoping at least one team out of them to win. Because uh, obviously, a draw. Can you imagine Marlon if, if that comes in a draw on on Thursday night? He'll be straight on his Twitter letting the RFL know. We've just got to do the business, though, Rob. If we do the business against Hull, it doesn't matter what anybody does below us. We'll finish ninth. And, and then we get four home games and then it doesn't matter what anybody else does. And I think we can beat Hull, definitely. I mean, I've seen bits of them last few weeks. I thought they were poor when they played Leeds at home um, and they were beaten. They've been a bit in and out, haven't they? They played well against Hull KR last week. But we're at home and, you know, we've done well at home this season and it's our last sort of regular game at home. And, you know, there's pressure on them, isn't there, at the top of the table. You know, they've, they've flapped a few times, haven't they, recently. So I, th- I think we can we can pip them. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be a good good viewing on, on, on Friday and hopefully, you know, we're gonna come away with, with the two points and continue our, you know, good form going into the to the middle dates. Uh, next bit of news, uh, transfer market. Uh, transfer deadline is Friday, uh, Paul. Uh, obviously before uh, the game. Uh, shuts at five o'clock. Um, so you might be listening to this and we might have signed some but by the time me and Paul are recording this, we haven't signed anybody at the moment. But there's still a, f- a few irons in the fire I'm, I'm, I'm I believe. Uh, and we're hoping that you know Ian Watson and uh, Tim Sheen's managed to get at least a couple over the line. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've heard a few people batting Lee Mossop's name about. I've heard that. I know he did play for um, for Wigan on Friday night at Leeds due to the suspension of Sean O'Loughlin, so he played at loose forward. So it's whether these teams are going to let players go. 
Um, it's a squad game now, rugby league, and it? it's whether they they feel their squad's strong enough to let somebody else else leave. Um, I can't see any of the you know, the bottom four whether we'd want anybody off them. I can't see them releasing anybody, and any of the championship teams below us releasing anybody. So there's probably not a lot of names to go at really, Rob. If we're, uh, I've just been looking at a few names that have not been making the the 17 um, starting 17 for certain teams, and I've just got. Lee Mossab, who's not played much. We've got Kevin Penny, who's not been in Warrington side much, but has been in the 19-man squad. And Danny Kermond, who's been in uh, Wakefield's 19-man squad, but not made the team for, for a few weeks and, and not played you know, very often this season in the starting lineup. So Kerman's a decent forward. Kevin Penny's a very good winger. It's whether, I mean, I think we it's the pack, really, we probably need to bolster, don't we? Because if you look in the games in the middle eights, the likes of Lee and Bradford, those sort of teams, you know, they're going to be very physical, aren't they? And Leeds as well, got a big pack. Huddersfield's got a big pack. So that that'd be where we would need to be strengthened. I'd be looking at maybe a prop forward and a second rower. Yeah, uh, a couple of ex-Reds maybe. Lamatazzi from Saints not getting much game time. Uh, Becca Pagliacina at Hull, another one not getting many much game time. Both big forwards. Paul, both, you know, can go forward. Both pretty good reputations at Salford. You know, they could have something. Yeah, Palliasina I think has been playing at Doncaster and I think they've got some sort of dual registration with uh, with Hull. So I know he's, he's spent a bit of time there and I've not seen much of him in their first team this season. And He looks a totally different player than when he played for Salford. I mean, he's he's lost a lot of weight, hasn't he, and looks, looks a lot sharper and that. So yeah, he's he's a very good impact player, isn't he, Palliasina? I don't think we saw the best of him at Salford, to be honest. Um, I think he struggled for fitness in his time at Salford, didn't he, and struggled with injuries as well. So, yeah, he could be somebody who could come in. I'm not sure about Lamataz, you know, he sort of left Salford and his name's been mentioned in that, that report and about Wade, you know, payments and things like that. So whether Marwan would want to bring him back in, I'm not I'm not too sure about that one. Yeah, another ace in the hole, uh, Leon Price uh, from Hull, experienced, you know, grand final, you know, winner. It's where you'd play him, though, Rob, I suppose, isn't it? You've got Robert Louis there at standoff, haven't you? So where would you play Leon Price? I think, I think the problem we've got, well, the problem you might have is that basically it becomes a really physical kind of contest against the lower division sides. And, you know, they'll be looking like, remember the uh, the Challenge Cup game last season against Lady Tuck, uh, Dobson out, and we looked, mm-hmm. you know, a bit, a bit clueless, didn't we, for a bit? So, yeah. you know, having Leon Price there can play in standoff, he can play centre, he can play... You know, in the loose forward, if you know, if, if possible, you know, he yeah. options. Uh, he's experience. You know, it could be, he could be, you know, somebody that we could be looking at. You know, he's not getting a game at full. But like you said, I suppose it's. I think, I think Bradford, if they finish in the top four, I think he's very strongly rumored to go and play for them. Mm. So watch the space with, with that one. Yeah. But I suppose it all depends on this weekend because that that championship's fascinating if you look at the table. Yeah. Um, Bradford Bulls are fourth. Mm. Featherstone Rovers are fifth. Both level on twenty eight points. Bradford's got a better points difference, but they play each other this weekend, so it's sort of a winner-takes-all game, that. Yeah. So, um, it could be Featherstone who, who finished in fourth. And to be honest with you, I, I'd like to see Featherstone. The, I always used to like going there to Post Office Road, so yeah. we always seem to struggle there, but um, it's a nice little trip out. <laughs> well, well, I don't know, isn't it, I suppose, because the, the transfer window shuts on the Friday, Yeah. The, 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 the teams who are currently sort of fourth, fifth and sixth aren't probably willing to give anyone away, because they no. think, I'll, I'll make the top eight myself, I don't have to let anyone go. Uh, and, it, and it kind of like last season, was it Matau, Matawa from, yeah. from, from Featherston? From Featherston, yeah. And obviously this year, looking at the, the, the table, uh, below that, you know, that uh, you know little group of teams, there's not many teams there you think, oh, you know, they're going to be hiding quality players, is there? You know, for no. again, you know what I'm saying? Well, we got Thornley as well last season, didn't we, Was he from Wigan, Thornley? Yeah. 
he came in from Wigan, didn't he? And um, I don't think he played many games from in, in that season. The only other the other name I've heard batted about is that Bateman. Um, I know he's been suspended, hasn't he? And it's whether I think his suspension's up shortly, so whether Wigan are going to allow him back into the into the first team, I'm not so sure. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm no insider in, into Wigan's information. I'm not too sure, but he'd be a, he'd be a great signing, wouldn't he? He'd be. A, I like him as a player. I think he's quality, but that might be pie in the sky. Oh, you, you don't know. I suppose with Mar when he, he he likes to be. You never know. You never, you never know. know. I suppose that's one of them things we kind of want to ask him on 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 Friday. But let's kind of let's ask him the important questions rather than who, who, who should we play at second row? You know, because yeah. he's because he's, he's not there to pick a team, is he? He's there. No. You know, to run the club. So let's, if we're going to ask him questions, let's let's ask him questions that you know that matter. Um, other bit of news: uh, World Cup uh, draw. Was was made uh, this week, Paul. Uh, exciting times. Uh, certainly, certainly, yeah. We've got, been joining the group with I think it's Lebanon, France, and and Australia, and yeah, it's, that's going to be some a special um, competition in 2017, the World Cup. I'm really looking forward to that. I actually had a message from a, a friend of mine, Chris Harwood, who used to stand with at, at Salford at the Willows, and his dad Nigel, and he's been living in Australia and spending a lot of time over there the last few few years, and. He said to me, why don't I go over next year? So I'm sort of thinking about it and I'm going to have to start saving up because it's something, it's an ambition I've had to go to Australia and you know, watch Great Britain or England or or whatever. So I'd love to go to like an Ashes series. I mean, we don't have them anymore, do we now? We've, we're not Great Britain, but the World Cups, you know, that's going to be an amazing competition. Yeah, I suppose, be, you know, being in Australia as well, it'll be a, you know, a massive, uh, massive uh, thing. Um, and I'm hopefully, you know I mean? It gives uh, the world an opportunity to, to grow uh, with Rugby League. Uh, although Australia will probably be the favourites along with New Zealand and will be probably third, but it gives the likes of France, you know, the opportunity to, to develop, and you need that. I think you need you know, a strong, you know, international uh, tournament to, you know, to showpiece the, the the sport. Yeah, definitely. I think France are improving, aren't they, as a nation? I mean, they've always been good at junior level. France. I mean, if you go back, you know, right to the eighties and nineties, they always seem to beat us at junior level. I think it's the next step for France. You know, when they once they get over sort of the twenty ones, the nineteen twenty ones, they seem to struggle. But I think they do. They used to lose a lot of players to rugby union, didn't they? But so now they've got like strong sides down there in the south of France. You know, Toulouse coming through now, aren't they doing really well in the? Um, in the championship one, Catalan Dragons. I mean, they like top six, top five every season now, aren't they? And there's quite a lot of French players playing. I know there's a lot of Australians as well in the side, but there's you know quite a lot of decent French players there. So I'm hoping they're going to do do well. And uh, you know, the the more nations that can perform, the better, because it makes it more exciting, doesn't it? Rather than just having the Australian, New Zealand strong goal and us just behind them. I think it's great if you know France could come through and Scotland and Wales and some of the other sides as well. I think it's important as well the, the clubs back the tournament as well by releasing players, you know, yeah, definitely. playing it. I think obviously it didn't, I think with Hull release, um, did it Frank Pritchard earlier in the They did, yeah, they did. International, and I think that, that kind of thing is needed, I think, because yeah, you want the best players to play in the games, don't you? Yeah, of course you do, and those players want to play in them as well, don't you? Ask Stuart Littler, I mean, he played in the World Cup, was it the 2008, was it the 2008 World Cup? I'm sure it was. Yeah. Played for Ireland, didn't he? And, Callum Palatano played for Italy, and you ask them guys. I mean, it's the pinnacle of their career, isn't it? You know, playing representing the country, you know, travelling to to Australia and New Zealand and places like that. So they're going to want to be, be taking part in that. So, um, so yeah, I'm really excited for that. Can't wait. And you know, we've also got the the nations, four nations this season as well, haven't we? Coming up, so that's something else to look forward to at the end of the season. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Obviously, international rugby league growing and you know, going from strength to strength, and hopefully, I mean, I don't know, we might even get a few players there. You know, in the different teams, Paul, hopefully. 
Yeah, yeah. Oops. I mean, Craig Kopjack's always there for Wales, isn't he? He's a bit of a stalwart. I mean, I was saying to my dad the other week, oh, he should be in the England squad. And I forgot he, he played for for Wales. So yeah, I know he'll be there. And we've got a few other players, but but yeah, it'll be great to see you know somebody in the England side in the next few years. We've got. I think there's a potential there. There's some players with great potential in our side. You know, some of the younger players. You know, Nia levels for, for one for me. You know, if he can keep progressing and get back into the first team, you know, we've, we certainly have got players who, who could push for, for spots in the in the coming future. Yeah, Caitlin Brown. Definitely, yeah. I mean, you look at the way Mason Caitlin Brown played on Friday. I was so impressed with him. Well, I was pretty impressed with him when he came back. But Friday night, I was really pleased um, at Widnes. Widnes is not a bad side, and especially on that pitch. And obviously, we'll probably talk about that in the uh, the review shortly. But Mason Caitlin Brown, he's put a bit of muscle on. He looks really solid. His defence was was good. He's explosive and he's got a lot of pace as well, Mason Caitlin Brown. I mean, you look at that Denny Solomon at Witness at Castleford, sorry, and uh, you know Mason Caitlin Brown could be up there with him. And if we can keep him match fit now going into the next season, we could have like a, a wow of a winger next season. Yeah, so that's a World Cup preview looked at. Uh, another bit of news: uh, the ride to Rio. Uh, there's an, an event going on the Trafford Centre at the 30th of July, and the Super League trophy is there. Uh, I know Paul Eitlin, Paul Eitlin's currently cycling his way around uh, Brazil at the moment. You know, it's a fantastic achievement. Been following me on Twitter, and he's he's, he's definitely uh, going through the uh, the pain barrier, Paul, to, to get uh, round in it for a good cause. Yeah, he's doing really well, Paul. I mean, I've been following him on Facebook and that, and he's getting to see the world as well, isn't he? But he's he's working for it, and he's doing really well. So, uh, con- congratulations to Paul, and you know, keep just keep going, and uh, I'm sure we'll see him soon as well at back at Salford, won't we? Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I, mean, I suppose we're going to have him on the show when he comes back and he tells us all about his uh, his trip and you know the the fun things he, he did. Uh, I'm really looking forward. Like I say it's great. You know, he's pictures of him. You know, in, in various you know front sea fronts and eating yeah. early morning coffees and you know cycling. You know, videos. I mean, he likes his coffee as well, does Paul? Don't he? <laughs> yeah, currently passing <laughs> around looking for a Costa coffee. Uh, but you know, it's it, you know it's a brilliant uh, cars as well, and you know he's he's, he's certainly putting a you know, putting it out there, and he's doing great things, and you know, we're 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 all proud of him, out we, Paul? We certainly are. We certainly are. And he, you know, he's a lovely bloke, Paul, as well. When you speak to him, and he's always got time for you, and that. And when you listen to him summarising, I like his summary work that he does on Radio Manchester, and he's got a soft spot for Salford, having played for us for so many years. So, uh, so yeah, I'm really pleased to see him doing well. He's a he's a top bloke. Cool. So don't forget tickets for Friday. Get him out. Get the uh, get the people on Salford to know there's a game on. £5 for, for 17-year-olds or under. Uh, and hopefully we'll get a big crowd. So now what we'll do, uh, we'll talk about the big win against Widnes on uh, Friday night. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. So big win for Salford Red Devils away at Widnes Vikings, winning 32 points to 24. Hatchet for Mason, Kate and Brown. Uh, Paul, great win. It was a great win. Yeah, I thought we played really well on uh, on Friday night. I really enjoyed it. It was an exciting game as well and a really good game. Um, and it was a game we could have we could have thrown away really. Witness uh, came came back at us, but and I thought I thought we played we played it right. We showed a lot of enthusiasm and um, and we did enough and we were, we were the better side. I thought I thought it'd have been an unjust if if we had lost that game because I thought we scored some good tries and um, you know I don't like complaining about referees, but there was a couple of decisions that didn't that went against us. It could have been crucial ones. One where we think we kicked a 40-20 that 
everybody in the ground seemed to think was a 40-20 apart from the referee, which could have been crucial because I think Widner scored not long after that. But but no, I thought we played we played well. We lost Justin Carney to uh, to an injury and he's out this weekend, so I've not heard what's up with him. But he looked uh, he was struggling a bit when he went off, so um, so I hope he's on the mend quickly. Yeah, it shows where we are mentally, Paul. That you know we're able to go to Widnes and get a result. I know they're safely in the eight, but you know it's important that we you know we keep winning to you know keep our momentum for the for the middle eights. Yeah, certainly. I mean, if Widnes are going to make the top four, which is going to be hard for them, you know, you carry your points over, don't you? So they'd probably been targeting that game against us as, as a two-pointer to take into the to the middle eights, you know, a side that's in the bottom four. But, you know, as I was saying, we're not a side that should be in the bottom four. We should be up there around Widnes. Aren't we? We've actually won more games, I think, than Widnes now this season. And, you know, look at what everybody on Sky was saying. They were like the Leicester City of Super League, weren't they, a bit earlier in the season. But, you know, we beat them three times this season and, I think we've we've been good value for those three wins as well. Yeah, Salford starting lineup was Gaz O'Brien at fullback, Mason Caton Brown, Josh Griffin, Junior South, Justin Carney, Michael Dobson, Robert Louis, Craig Cockjack, Logan Tompkins, George Griffin, Ben Murray Masala, Josh Jones, and Mark Flanagan on the bench. With Salford was Ricky Wellaraki, Sean Kenny, and Niall Evels. Uh, Evels uh, on the bench, Paul gives us suppose a bit of versatility to come off the bench and play. In centre on the wing when when Justin Carney went off injured. Well, yeah, it worked out well in the end having uh, Niall on the on the bench when Justin Carney hobbled off. He was sort of helped off the pitch. I'm not sure whether it was his knee or his ankle or what, but um, yeah, so it was it was good really in a way. And it was good to see Niall on there because you know he gives you that that bit of pace out wide, doesn't he? So um, so whether he'll get his chance this week now against Hull, you know, with Justin Carney being out because he's not in the squad. I've not heard, like I said, I don't, I've not heard how many weeks he's going to be out for, Justin, but he's not in this week, so um, we'll probably see Niall on the wing, I would have thought, this week. Yeah, Salford opened the scoring uh, through a try from Mason, Kate and Brown. Great work by Louis and O'Brien. Um, put uh, old, uh, put uh, Kate, mate, Kate and Brown away on the wing. He burned um, Arvan on the outside, Paul, showing great pace. Uh, and great ability to to score in a corner. Yeah, certainly because Patrick Arvan's a pretty quick winger, isn't he? And uh, you know Mason Kate and Brown made him look a bit of a bit of a slouch. I thought on 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 Friday night, he he looks the business. Mason, he he played really well. He looked really hungry and really aggressive as well in the tackle. And you know he's taking the ball in hard, and he looks a totally different player. Um, to, you know, to what we've seen from him before, we always knew he had pace, didn't we? You know, when he played at London, he scored tries, didn't he? And that, but he, you know, he looks a really good player now. So whatever he's been doing in training or or what whatever they've been doing with him, he, he looks spot on, and he's an exciting player to watch as well. And I was really chuffed for him. So uh, yeah, he, look, he looks the business. Yeah, the only thing Arvan was catching was Pokemon at that point. Yeah, I think so, mate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> plenty of them in Witness as well. Witness <laughs> uh, uh, struck back. Uh, through a try from Matt uh, Whitley, uh, kind of a flat pass, uh, numbered up wrong, and he went over the line, and the, the scores were level again. Yeah, and a disappointing try that really for us, for us to concede. But Witness, you know, I was seeing him in report. Witness had a lot of ball, on especially in that first half. There was a, there was a few times there where they they got back to back sets of six, and they got a drop out, and they, I think there was about four sets of six on the line at, at one point. We were doing a lot of tackling, and you know, most of that defence as well. About you know, apart from that lapse there, was was good solid defence, and we kept Witness at bay there really. You know, they didn't score the amount of points Dennis Betts would have hoped for with the amount of possession that they had. Yeah, and then Salford took the lead again. Great hands uh, from Salford. Griffin sends uh, Justin Carney over in the corner. Such a big unit, such power, such pace. No one's going to stop him that far out. No, and it was it was good that because the play sort of switched from 
Salford right to, to Justin Carney on the left. You know, you went straight across the pitch there. And we've done that quite a lot recently where, we, you know, the ball's gone through, you know, numerous pairs of hands and Justin Carney got down well to finish, really. And, um, you know, it was, a, it was a good try, that. It was a well-worked try as well. Yeah, and then Widnes, just on the stroke of half-time, uh, hit back with a fluky try, to be fair. Arvan picks a ball up from an offload and goes over. Uh, just for half-time again, Paul, another try. Yeah. We talk about tries, don't we, every week? You can see mm-hmm. just for half time, and the witness did it again. Yeah, that it was a it was a strange one, that because I was watching that and that pass that that Arvan took, I can't remember who it was who, who chucked it out. Is it that Runchiman, I think, or Thompson? Yeah. But it just seemed to go from nowhere that ball and just pop up into his hands, and uh, and he was over. So yeah, I thought we were quite fortunate really there, witness, because we like I said before, we we were the better side. I thought in that first half, and you know we tackled witness and, and kept him out. We were disappointing to let him score right on our time there. Obviously they kicked the goal, Thompson, and it was twelve apiece at our time. Yeah, I've always been drawing twelve at half time. Could have gone either way at that point, but the boys muscled up. They you know they got mentally right again and and came out firing, didn't they? Yeah, they certainly did. We scored another try through through another excellent um, try from Mason Kate and Brown. Pushed, pushed us back in front and then obviously we lost Justin Carney then to to a leg injury after 57 minutes but um, Kevin Brown also went off with concussion and he was a concussion injury on the hour mark so they played the last the last 20 minutes without him and, and they miss him he's a big um, he's a big hole out of their side but I thought we did a really good job on Meller and Kevin Brown on Friday night we really didn't let them run and another guy we stopped as well was that Aaron Heremeyer because if you notice when we played witness before he's come off the bench and, and give him another dimension and really run us ragged but we really watched him well they watched him at marker you know cop jack george griffin people like that they really numbered up at marker and, and stopped his his game yeah talk about that second mason kate and brown try what an offload by robert louis puts his head through through the gap and manages to to find the outside with a wonderful ball uh to sow and sow does his job feeds mason kate and brown and to be honest it took some finishing from from brown and he he got over the line for, for a great try he did. It took some strength as well because yeah, he took a guy over the line with him there, didn't he? He was desperately trying to hold him up and he showed the strength there. But it was it was great work from Robert Louis and um, a junior Sal. And, you know, Robert, Robert Louis stepped up, I thought, on Friday and he, he got more involved. And, you know, we know what a dangerous player he is. And like I was saying last week, I wasn't flagging him off. I was just saying I wanted him to just, just, to just do a bit more because sometimes I think he lacks a bit of confidence, doesn't he? And doesn't believe in himself and he did on Friday and he shows what a dangerous player he can be. He can be one of the most dangerous players in the league, can't he? Robert Louis on his day and um, yeah, he works really well with Junior Sal down that side and that was another another good try. If he keeps producing Wonder Balls like that, Paul, you just keep having a pop. Yeah, I well, I'm not having a pop at it. I wouldn't have a pop at a rugby league player, mate. But no, I'm just encouraging him really, Rob. I just want him to shine for us and you know, we, we we just want him to, to do the business because we know we can do it. And, um, you know, yeah, I'll keep having a go at him then if he does that every week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt Little hit back through witness, another flat pass. Uh, and Salford, unfortunately, didn't have the numbers to, to stop him from going over. But a topsy-turvy contest and both teams, you know, farming pretty well and, and you know, entertaining the crowd, really. Yeah, he was. Um, and we had, to, we had to step up there, really. I mean, with 12 minutes to go, it was 18 apiece. And he could have gone either either way at that, that point in time. And... Uh, you know, uh, we got over with Josh Jones showing really good strength to get over. Great strength, great footwork as well, I thought, uh, to get over the line for Josh Jones. And, you know, whether he plays in the second row or plays in the centre, you know, he turns up you know, moments of magic like that, which, which won the game our way. 
Yeah, and he's dangerous as well, isn't he? He, he can bump tackles off jo- Josh Jones. That's his ability, whether he's in the centre or the second row, like you say. He's a big bloke and he, he's an elusive runner as well and he, he seems to just keep going sometimes, and he bump a tackle off and just keep going. And you know, that that was another try there. there was a few players around him and he had that desire, didn't he? He wanted to get over that line and no one was gonna gonna stop him there. And that was a that was a big try that putting us back in the lead. Yeah, and then a bit of games management. I know Sai will be doing a little dance over this. Gaz O'Brien kicks a penalty, edges us you know, further in front. And that's what that's what important games, you know, come to, you know, managing the game and, you know, kicking penalties when they when they occur. Well that came on the back of uh, the Simbin for Jack Buchanan and Craig Kopjack for a bit of a scrap and you know for once we got the penalty from from that scuffle. And yeah, it just took the sting out of witness, I thought, that we was four points in front and obviously that gave us a six point margin there, so they had to score twice. And um yeah, it was it was good, and then obviously a couple of minutes later we got another penalty goal, and uh, he kicked that one as well. So uh, that that sort of was a nail in Witness's coffin, I thought then. Yeah, and then obviously uh, Witness, you know, obviously in a bit of a cavalry charge, Corey Thompson going over, defence slid, not slid quick enough, and he and he found the found the edge to score. At point that point, Salford, you know, were, were leading the contest. It was a battle, uh, but it was good that you know we had enough in the tank to get over the uh, the whitewash in the end. Yeah, it was 26-24 then with about four minutes to go and you're thinking, I mean, are they going to score? Because I think they did a short kick-off then and um, and they got the ball back. And I remember Patrick Arvam, um, he, he made a bit of a half-break and I think it was that Whitley he tried to fire a pass out to. And if he'd have took that pass and that Whitley was away, and you know they could have been level and kicked the goal and won the game. But we did it. We numbered up in defence, forced a mistake and then uh, Mason Caton-Brown Scored his, his hat trick try to to make the game safe. Yeah, what pay? What what power from 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 Caton Brown taking three men over with him? It seems to have, like got held in the tackle, but then found an extra bit of mm. bit of energy and a bit more power and just powered his way over the line. You know, we obviously we look at Mason Caton Brown. You know, he's a bit of a speedster. He knows where the line is, but he's scoring tries like that shows how much he's, he's developed this season. Yeah, yeah. I think in the Super League now, I mean, you can be you can be as quick as you want, can't you? But if you've not got that upper body strength. You're not going to get fired. You're just going to get bumped into touch, aren't you? And you look at that Solomon who plays at Cass. He's a strong bloke, isn't he? I mean, Khan is another one, isn't he? He's, he? They've got that strength. They can finish, can't they, as well? And Mason Caton Brown had the finishing ability and he had the pace. I just didn't think he had the strength, but he seems to have got that now. And I think that's going to make him a very, very dangerous player. And, you know, I'm looking forward to, to seeing him on Friday and I'm looking forward to seeing him in this mid late because, you know, I think he can score some, you know, some tries in that. Yeah, it was a great performance. Great hat trick as well. You know, we've had a few hat-trick heroes this season. Junior Sal, uh, Evels, Caton Brown, you know, showing that, you know, they've got ability and, and you know, where the line is, they, you know, they're able to score, aren't they? We've scored some points this season, though, Rob. I mean, if you look at the league table, we're one of the highest scorers, haven't we? We've scored plenty of tries. Mm. And, um, you know, that, that's pleasing as well, isn't it? Because they've been spread spread about the team, haven't we? Like you said, Junior Sal's had a couple of hat-tricks, haven't yeah. they? I think he got two two-weeks running, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And, and Naya Levels as well before... Um, before he, he got dropped out of the side for a bit. So, and Gareth O'Brien, he's weighed in with a few tries. So, yeah, they, we've been we've been entertaining. I don't think you can say that against the team this 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 season. I think we've entertained, haven't we? We've played in some wonderful matches. Even some of the games we've got beaten have been really tight and exciting games, haven't they? Yeah, like I can say, that's what, that's what, obviously, you want your team. You want to be entertained, but you also want to win. And I think we've got the right balance now with being able to entertain also, have enough in the tank and have enough grit. To, to, to win games and obviously if you're going to win games you're going to progress uh, especially in this middle eight you need to do both you need to be entertaining and win the games uh, and hopefully then we can develop uh, into a, a top eight side the next season hopefully uh, so obviously looking at the stats uh, Paul uh, the tacklers 
Josh Jones with 30. Craig Kotchak with 30. Logan Tompkins with 42. Flanagan with 48. You know, the usual usual names there, Paul. You know, coming up with a, a, a big, uh, you know, effort uh, against the tough witness side. Yeah, Mark Flanagan there, 48 tackles in a game. That, that's something, isn't he? And his work sometimes, I mean, when you hear supporters talking and that, they don't always mention Mark Flanagan, do they? You'll see, you'll hear people talk about Carney and Junior Sal and Robert Louis and... Craig Copjet, but you don't often hear people mention Mark Flanagan. He does a lot of the unsung stuff, doesn't he? I, mean, I think I say that say the, same, say the same thing every week, but he does, and he's always there. Same with Logan Tompkins, and he's, he's a steady player, Mark Flanagan. I think he does a lot of good stuff as well. You know, he's, he offloads the ball, and he's a bit of a leader on that pitch as well. I've noticed him, you know, leading the troops and that, and I think he's a good player to have on the side. Yeah, all, all top teams have a have a Mark Flanagan. He did it to St. Helens for for years, didn't he? Uh, yeah. you no, know I mean, and he, obviously he puts the effort in. You know, he, he makes tackles when he needs to be made. He grafts, and you know, obviously, you know, the top stars, you know, take all the accolades, don't they, with magic? But you know, without him doing his bit, you know, they don't get in the position to to do the magic, do they? That's right. I mean, if you could go back to like the eighties, I mean, nineties, look at the great Wigan sides. You had, you know, you had all the star players there, didn't you? But you always had the blokes who did the hard work as well, didn't you? The likes of that. Um, Young Gildart is who played for us. His daddy and Gildart, he played at Wigan, didn't he? And Luke, Ian Lucas, people like you know, not the big fancy names, but they were always there in the side, weren't they? Doing, doing the work. So I think you, you definitely need people out who are doing the graft. Yeah, looking at the big meter makers, Caton Brown with 208, uh, Justin Carney with 115, Josh Griffith with 153. Forwards wise, we've got Copjack with 70, um, Michael Dobson with 65, uh, Krinicki with 69. Um, but yeah, you know the forwards, not many over a hundred this week. Only Junior Sal, Josh Griffin, and uh, Justin Carney. But you know the forwards, and we had enough goal forward to win the game, and that's all that matters, isn't it? We scored a lot of our tries, though. Were, were solid tries, weren't they? They weren't just from like blokes trundling the ball up. They were they were well worked tries, weren't they? Passing the ball, and and uh, I thought we scored, we scored some quality tries. And I think sometimes that. You can read you can read what you want into stats, can't you? But the the main stat is that you you win the game, and that's what we did on the, on Friday. We did we did more than enough to win that match. Yeah, obviously looking at the average gains, Wellaraki with well seven nearly over seven and a half meters a carry, Krinicki uh, with nearly nine meters a carry. Um, you know the forwards you know made some you know good collision, one collision a lot, and obviously made big meters. Copjack with uh, eight point seven five meters a carry as well. So. Yeah, you know, we, we we got the result. We grafted when we needed to, Paul, and, uh, you know, roll on the, the middle eights where, you know, hopefully full confidence we can uh, turn turn them all over. Yeah, definitely, because you look at the witnesses' home form this season. I mean, they've, beat, they've had some good wins at home, haven't they, this season, especially on that pitch as well, and we talk about that pitch quite a lot, don't we? They play on that every week, don't they, and they train on that. And I, I think it's an advantage to them. And I think, you know, if you go there and, and knock them off, I think it's a good scalp. And Witness aren't a bad side. Either they're going to finish in the, t- the top eight. And, you you know, we beat them three times this season. Like I said before, done a, done a good number on them. I think we've uh, we played really well on, on Friday. And I think that, that win's going to give us a lot of confidence going into this week against Hull. Who was your man of the match, Paul? I was torn between Mason Kate and Brown and I thought Gareth O'Brien played really well. I thought Gareth O'Brien kicked, he kicked really well. He linked into the line really well. Um, took took a lot of eyeballs as well. Had to do a lot of work in defence. Witness, you no know, peppered Gareth, but I probably have to go with Mason Kitten Brown just because of the way he's improved and the way he played. And he took his three tries really well. And I'll go with Kitten Brown this week. So your three word match reports and man of the matches for our listeners, Paul uh, Stephen uh, Olcroft uh, said didn't bleed in goal. 
uh, which is a bit disappointing. Obviously, the, the boys putting a performance. I know how it feels uh, when the boys put a performance in and you're not there to it to enjoy it. Uh, Ian Holness said, outstanding efforts, lads. Uh, and his man of the match was Mason Caton Brown. Uh, Paul King, nice confidence booster. Uh, and his man of the match was Caton Brown as well. So, yeah, you know, Caton Brown picking up the... Uh, the accolades for the uh, for the man of the match from uh, our listeners, Paul. Yeah, and I mean, I think he deserves it. I think he played really well against Cass the other week, and he played uh, he played well then. I think it's exciting to have a, bl- a bloke like him in the in the side. You know, I've mentioned before about that Solomon at Castleford. He's, he's brilliant to watch, isn't he? I mean, um, Warrington have got it with Kevin Penny, haven't they, as well there? And you know, a couple of the lads they've got on their wing, Russell. Few of the others, Matty Russell, Gene Arms, with people like you know, wingers now nowadays. That's how they're becoming, aren't they? They're becoming like real athletes, aren't they? Some of the tries that you see him score, you know, the way they're diving in for tries, and I think Mason Kate Brown is a very athletic young lad, and he could be right up there, you know, the, the top of the try scoring charts. I mean, maybe not this season because he's he's been out injured and what have you, but next season, you know, if he keeps progressing the way he is, we've got a really good player on our hands there. Yeah, Chris and Janet Shenton, good solid performance, and their man of the match was Dobson, uh, our Mason Cate and Brown, couldn't split, couldn't split the two. Uh, Phil Tyra, uh, Gaz O'Brien was awesome, great kicking, solid under the high ball all night. Uh, Michelle Fitton, her man of the match was Mason Cate and Brown. Uh, Chairman Bob said Salford self-belief, and his man of the match was Mason Cate and Brown. 22 years of devil, top six material, uh, and their man of the match was Mason Cate and Brown. Sarah Fitton, um, her man of the match was Mason Cate and Brown. Quality team performance, uh, and the final one is Mark Hogan would be top six now. And man of the match uh, was also Caton Brown. So make Caton Brown swoops the board for, for the man of the matches, uh, Paul. And uh, like Mark says, could have been sixth. Yeah, everybody's friend, Mason Caton Brown as well, Rob. <laughs> we don't call him that anymore, do we? But yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with with all the guys there. You go do in the comments on that. And uh, yeah, he, he, that's the only thing now. It's, it must be frustrating, you know, for the players. You know, looking at the table now and thinking where where they would have been, but I'm just hoping that that, and I'm sure it will do. I'm just hoping that inspires them now to to finish this season really, really strongly. Yeah, if we got that's his that's his, his full title in it. Everybody's friend, Mason Caton Brown. That's right. Yeah, so we'll we'll say that a hat trick from everybody's friend, Mason Caton Brown, steer Salford to a 32 points to 24 victory against Witness last week, and uh, you know we're all chuffed and hopefully that we'll uh, continue this good form into the uh, the mid lakes to come. So the next bit, we're going to be looking at what our amateur sides did uh, in the results and fixtures uh, for this week. We'll start this week, as usual, with the Salford Red Devils under-19s. They went down by 26 points to 12 against Widnes on Thursday night. Half-time score of six apiece. Widnes uh, just edging it in the second half, being a bit too strong for, for Salford. Salford's tries coming from uh, Aaron Moore, who scored uh, scored one. Alex Gaskell scored one and two goals from Aaron Moore as well. The Young Devils lined up with Jack Thompson at fullback, Elliot Kane, Ben Calland, Alex Gaskell, Regan Croft, Ben Hayes, John Whitaker, Jack Cottington, Aaron Moore, Luke Foden, Declan Hidden, Lewis Hatton and Liam Bent. On the bench was Brad Storey, Lewis Gregory, Lewis Brown and Jordan Seller. There's no game for the under-19 this weekend. 
Well, into the National Conference League, it was the Rugby Football League Conference Challenge Trophy quarter-final. On Saturday, Rochdale Mayfield progressed to the semi-finals. They beat Wigan St. Patrick's by 43 points to 16. Joining them in the semi-finals are Featherstone Lions, Milford Marlins and Hunslet Club Parkside. In the National Conference Division 2, Saddleworth Rangers beat Ascombe by 22 points to 18. In Division 3, Drillington 50, Oldham St. Anne 6 and Waterhead Warriors 52, Gateshead Storm 16. The fixtures for this coming weekend, it starts on Friday night, the 22nd of July in Division 3, as Dewsbury Moor Maroons play at Oldham St Anne's. On Saturday, the fixtures are as follows. Pilkington Rex play Rochdale Mayfield in the National Conference Premier League. In Division 2, Askham take on Salford City Roosters. Bradford Dudley Hill play Saddleworth. And in Division 3, Waterhead Warriors play Wollstone Rovers. Well, we've had lots of action there last weekend in the North West Men's League. We'll start off with the North West Men's League Shield semi-final, that was played on Saturday the 16th. Rochdale Cobras went down 18 points to 34 against Oral St. James A. In Division 1, Bamber Bridge against Folly Lane was postponed. In Division 2, Lee Minor Rangers A44, Berry Broncos 12. Oldham St. Anne's A16, Halton Farmworth Hornets 18. Pilkington Rex A34, Manchester Rangers 10. In Division 4, Eccleston Lions 56, Caddyshead Rhinos 12. Bolton Mets 4, Colchester 44. Liverpool Lions 10, Langworthy Reds 58. Salford City Roosters A24, Clockface A0. And in the entry division, it was Aspel, New Spring 16, Berry Broncos, B Team 24. And the fixtures for this coming week, we've got a fixture on Wednesday night, the 20th of July. That's in Division 5 between the Salford City Roosters A and Oral St. James A. The rest of the fixtures are on Saturday, the 23rd of July. And we start with Division 1, it's Folly Lane against Hindpool Tigers. In Division 2, Berry Broncos play Blackpool Scorpions. Lee East A play Rochdale Mayfield A. Manchester Rangers play Leyland Warriors. And Widnes Tigers play Oldham St. Anne's A. In Division 4, it's Caddy's Head Rhinos against Bolton Mets. Eccleston Lions against Berry Broncos A. Little Hulton Reds against Garswood Stags. Manchester Rangers A against the Kulchef Eagles. And the Rochdale Cobras against the West Horton Lions. In Division 5, Ashton Bears A play Langworthy Reds. And Oral St. James A play the Salford City Roosters A. Just to mention for the Women's League this week as well, we don't have many local teams in the Women's League, but we do have one this weekend in the Merritt League on Sunday the 24th of July. The Langworthy Reds ladies are taking on the West Craven Warriors. So good luck to the Langworthy Reds ladies on Sunday afternoon. Well, finally this week we turn our attention to the North West Youth League. We start with a result from Thursday the 14th of July. That was in the under-16s, Division 3, Wigan, Springview, 14, Folly Lane, 16. Sunday, the 17th of July, in the under-18s, Premier Division, Rochdale beat Clockface by 46 points to 26. In the under-16s, Northwest Youth Plate semi-final, Saddleworth, 20, Westbank, 29. In the under-16s, Premier Division, Rochdale, 18, Chorley, 0. In Division 2 of the under-16s, it was Wigan St. Cuthbert's nil, Higginshaw 18 and Dalton 40, Salford 24. In Division 3 of the under-16s, Langworthy had a good victory. They beat Leyland by 18 points to nil. And the fixtures for this coming weekend, all these ties will be played on the Sunday the 24th of July. We're starting in the Premier 1 of the under-18s. It's Ince Rose Bridge against Oldham St. Anne's. In Premier 2, Saddleworth play Thatto Heath. And in the under-16s, Premier, Waterhead versus Newton Storm. Wigan St. Jude's versus Rochdale. And Division 2 of the under-16s, Dalton play Oldham St. Anne's. And finally, 
in Division 3 of the under-16s. It's Accrington against Langwever. So that's all the amateur results, fixtures and roundup for this week. I'll catch you next week. So, Paul, thanks for that, for your, match, for your amateur report. Always good. I've also been uh, informed that the Manchester Rangers... Are you, are you into Pokemon, Paul? Is it is it something that you do? Um... I remember, I vaguely remember it years ago when it like a little yellow thing. Yeah. A little yellow. Man. I've heard stuff on. I asked my wife about it the other day because my kids are a bit young for that really. But I mean, I mentioned something to my wife today. What I said, what's all this this Pokemon stuff? And she was trying to explain to me it was something to do with the phone and there could be someone next door. And it just went completely over my head. So I don't. To be honest, I'll be honest with you, I don't know. Well, basically, the Manchester Rangers have, have, have kind of got a first ever community day, and they've kind of like organised it where there's going to be a load. Uh, of Pokemon, uh, for, I, I'm into Pokemon. I, I've got, a, you know, I've caught, I think nine so far. Not, not like I've gone out of my way looking for them, Paul. If they're there, then, then, then I take them. If you know what I mean. Uh, but they've uh, organised a, a first ever community day. Uh, it's between 12 p.m. and 2 p.m. And and at the uh, the Rangers um, day, there's a poker stop, um, and also a, a place where you can get rare, rare Pokemon. So you know, it's if you're into that. If you're listening and you think, oh, I fancy, you know, getting my Pokemon levels up, get yourselves down to, to the open day, first ever community day at the Manchester Rangers and, and pick up your Pokemon. So Saturday, 23rd of July at Manchester Rangers, six and a half thousand capacity home. Get yourselves down there on the 23rd of July and pick up all your Pokemon. Well, good to me. I'm, I'm, I, might, I might just go down. I think I, think I need to, to build my army ready for, you know, the, the wars to come. But we'll see, we'll see. So obviously, what we'll do now, we'll talk about the uh, the game against Hull on uh, Friday night. It's time for the Devil of the Details Big Match Preview. So big game on Friday night for both teams. So for Red Devils take on Hull FC. Hull FC going for the uh, top spot in the Super League, Paul. It's going to be a, an intriguing contest. Yeah, it certainly is. It certainly is. I, I saw a bit of the Hull game last week when they beat Hull Kingston Rovers in the uh, in the derby game, and they they looked quite convincing really in that game. The uh, the sort of blue blue Hull car away going twenty four nil up, and Hull car scored a couple of couple of late tries. I think it was I think it was thirty nil at one point, and they scored a couple of late ones to 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 come back into it a bit. But but no, they're a, they're a solid team. They've impressed me this season as well. I mean, I didn't think they'd do that well. I mean, I know they spent a bit of money, didn't they, and brought some some big name players in, Frank Pritchard and a couple of others. And they have, they've impressed me. They've they've looked, they've been consistently good all season, haven't they? They're still in the Challenge Cup as well. They've had a good cup run. They beat St. Helens away in the cup. So on the day, they probably are one of the best sides in the league. So if we get anything against them, then we're going to have to be on our uh, our metal on uh, on Friday. Yeah, they've got some outstanding talent there. Charlotte, fullback, ex Red Marks, need never really got a shot at, uh, at Salford, but he's certainly a. Uh, you know, doing great things up in Hull. Uh, you know, one of their main players, isn't he, really? And, uh, you know, he'll be a danger man to watch on uh, on Friday. Yeah, he certainly will. It was a shame because Mark Sneed, you know, when he did play for Salford uh, around about 2012, it was sort of that first season, one at the AJ Bell. He, he, you, could t- you could see he had something in him. He, he's a talented young player and I don't know who it was at the time. I mean, Brian Noble came in and he didn't seem to fancy him, did he? And found him out on loan to Castleford. And, you know, that's probably some you know, as supporters maybe regret now, but there's nothing we can do about it. But but it's good to see him doing well. It's good to see that he's not been lost to the game because there's far too many youngsters in there who, who leave clubs and, and drift out of the game. So I'm glad he's he's doing well, but just hope he doesn't play very well on uh, on Friday against us. Yeah, I think obviously taking on Hull KR, uh, 
uh, last week, Paul. You know, their, their derby, you know, it's an emotional affair. Both sets of fans, you know, passionate. It could, you know, took a bit out of them. And, you know, it's an opportunity for Salford to you know, rank the pressure upon them because they're chasing top spot. You know, if we're on our game, obviously we're still chasing the nine, you know, ninth spot as well. So we've got loads and loads to play for. But, you know, a little bit more pressure on them, you know, for me. And hopefully we, we can put the pressure on them and, you know, cause an upset. Yeah, because they're going to have to come and raise their game after after the big derby. Aren't they going to come and raise their game this week again? Um, I saw a bit of them the week before. I think they played Leeds. I'm sure it was the week before they played Leeds at home. I saw a bit of that game anyway. And, you know, Leeds haven't been that convincing this season. And I thought that was a poor performance from Hull, that losing at home to... Um, to lead, so it just just shows they're beatable. I mean, I know they had a good win against us, didn't they? First game of the season, I went up to Hull and and I was a bit worried when they beat us um, earlier in the season. But I think we've improved. I think Hull have improved since then. But I think we've improved, you know, miles since that first game, that first opening night of the season. And uh, we're a good side at home. We're we're a good side when we want to be at home. So as long as we're switched on, I think. Um, you know, we can move the ball against Hull, you know, get bring Mason Kate and Brown into the game, you know, bring Junior Sow into the game, Josh Jones. We've got some explosive players out wide. And you know, if you look at their side, you know, guys like Steve Michaels, Kirk Yeeman, uh Talanoa as well, the wingers. Do you know what I mean? They're no better than the players we've got out wide there. And some of the forwards they've got, you know, Gareth Ellis is a is a has been a great player, hasn't he? And he's he's done really well for them this season and uh, Sort of Danny Houghton's one guy that, I mean, in the away fixture at their place, he, he sort of tore us to shreds down the middle. So we're going to have to watch him. And Scott Taylor as well, who we had last season. So they've got some talented players. So, um, But I think we can match them on our day, definitely. Yeah, ancient battle between ex-fans favourite Scott Taylor and current fans favourite uh, Craig Kotjak. Both yeah. forwards, both good goal forward. Both put, you know, massive amounts of efforts in their red shirt. And it'd be great to see them going off uh, against each other on Friday. Certainly will, certainly will. Another player who I like is um, Mark Minicello. Yeah. He's a, a really solid player for all, and he's been a real uh, sort of talisman for, for them this season, and he in the in the pack. But yeah, they've got quality all over the the field, really, haven't they? Jordan Abdul's a decent player. Danny Washbrook, who they who had you know, the previous spell at Hull, went to Wakefield and been around the block a bit. He's gone back there. Jordan Thompson, another young young forward there. They've got so uh, Leon Price was on the bench in the Hull derby, so whether he'll he'll feature, um, we're not too sure. But they've got some some talented players, some pace that way. Jamie Shaw back as well. I mean. He's potentially now knocking on the door for, for internationals, isn't he? Him and Zach Hardacre to be uh, the England fullback. So it um, be interesting to see how, it, how he goes on. So they've got exciting players all over the, the pitch. And uh, one thing's for sure, I don't think it's going to be a, a 4 all or a 6 all. I think there's going to be plenty of points than there was last season at, at the AJ Bell and the season before. So I think we're going to be looking at a high-scoring game. Yeah, we'll talk about... Uh... You know, the hooking role, Houghton for Hull, uh, Tompkins for us. It's going to be a battle between them two to see who comes out on top. Um, and hopefully that Tompkins will have enough in the tank to, you know, prove a point and, and get, a, you know, advantage over the uh, the Hull player. Yeah, you've got to watch that Danny Houghton because he does like to run from dummy half, doesn't he? And he's, he's quick as well. He's a very good distributor of the ball. His passing's usually on the map. Good tackler as well. He does a lot of work, doesn't he, Danny Houghton? Logan Tompkins. We've got young Sean Kenny as well. I was very impressed with Sean Kenny. I mean, I said the week before, um, you know, he came against Warrington. He, he did that knock on, and I, I didn't want it to affect his confidence. And to be fair to the lad, he came back against Widnes last week, came off the bench, and, and he, he did well the time he was on. And, um, you know, that, that was pleased to see him. I saw him sort of celebrating at the end, and he looked really passionate. And that's good to see that he's, he's settling in at Salford. And, um, you know, he's going to be called upon, I would I would think, on Friday night to, to do a spell. So hopefully when he comes on, he'll impress again as well. Yeah, Salford's 19. He's Evels, Evels Gaz O'Brien, Mason Caton-Brown, Greg Johnson, Junior Sow, Josh Griffin, Josh Jones, Rob Lewin, Michael Dobson, Craig Kopjack, Krenicki, 
George Griffin, Ben Murder Masala, Wellarake, Adam Warren, Jordan Warren, Mark Flanagan, Sean Kenny, and Logan Tonkins. No carney this week through injury, Paul. You know, who comes in, who fills the gap? Well, I would have, I would have thought that Naya Levels would probably come in and, uh, and fill the, the gap for Carney. Don't forget, you've got Greg Johnson as well there waiting in the wings, haven't we? I think Daniel Vido as well, he's not, he's not made the squad, has he? So I don't know whether he's injured or whether he's struggling for fitness. So you're probably looking at either Greg Johnson or... I don't think Johnson was in the squad, though, was he, Rob? He's in the 19. Is he in the 19-man squad? Yeah, so you've got either Johnson or Evels that I would presume is going to come in for, for, for Justin Carney. I would have thought the rest of the side will probably, probably stay the same, really. Um, if Evels does come in for Carney, it's whether you go for another forward on the bench or you know, put another back on I would have thought they would have would go with four forwards on the bench. So uh, so I would like to think it would be pretty much unchanged apart from the Carney. Yeah, I suppose with, with Carney being injured, it gives an opportunity for Evels or Johnson to stake a claim. You know, Johnson got pace to burn. He's got power, he's got pace. Him on one wing, Kate and Brown on the other. There's going to be you know a certain threat uh, for all FC there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I didn't think Johnson had the best of games against Warrington, and whether that's why he didn't feature against uh, against Widnes last week, I'm not too sure. But I think Niall deserves a chance now. I thought Niall came on and, and did well last week in the in the Widnes game. So you know, if 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 Carney's injured now, I mean, that's Niall's opportunity now, and he should be given that to to impress. And I'm sure I'm sure he will do, Niall. I'm sure he'll take it with both hands because he he always does something when he's on there, and he's exciting to watch, and it'd be great to see him come back to form on on Friday. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating contest on Friday, Paul. Uh, obviously, the sun was boiling today. Do you reckon we're going to get sunshine on Friday? Um, I've had a look at the weather forecast. Just a look before the forecast, and um, tomorrow it's going to be a bit cooler, I think. Yeah. And there's a chance of showers, isn't there? In this, that, and ever. But no, I think it's going to be warm again, isn't it? So hopefully we'll get you know a bit of dry weather, and uh, you know what we don't want is like a daft thunderstorm or something. We want some nice, nice dry weather because it's a good pitch at uh, Salford, isn't it? Um, it's really, it's looking in fantastic uh, condition. Yeah, after all this effort they put in, you know, promoting the game on on Twitter and you know people putting posters up and stuff and yeah. into the schools and all that. Last thing we want is a thunderstorm on Friday, isn't it? That's the last thing the club want. I really yeah. hope that they get the weather because uh, obviously to attract people to come to the game, you want good conditions and people aren't gonna you know be switched on if it look outside and it's hammering it down, are they? No, no. Another thing, if we can get like sort of this four or five thousand we're aiming for against. Um... Against Hull on Friday and, and actually get a victory, you know the sunshine and we get a victory, then hopefully we'll we'll get our first game in the middle eights will be at home and then you've got something to build on that, haven't you, Rob? I mean, say we get Leeds or Lee or somebody like that at home, you know, looking at that middle eight, I mean, to me, the, the mouth watering fixtures really. Now I know you're not in the top eight, and you're not going to be playing Wigan and St Helens, but some of those games, you know, Lee against Salford, for me, has always been a special a special game. I mean, even if you go back sort of over the last ten or fifteen years, we've had some great sort of derby games with Lee. I mean, it's not not far from Salford, is it? And and um, and Leeds as well, all the history between the, the two sides. I think there's some really mouth watering games in there and if we can if we can beat Hull, I think it's gonna give people a, a lot of something to talk about and you know, people might want to come back for that for that next game, you know, people who don't go regularly it might it might entice them to come back. Yeah, and hopefully the the club will be ready, you know, to get all the information off them and entice them on for a few more games to come. Yeah, definitely, Rob. That's that's the aim of the game, anyway. And it's slow and steady progress, and then, you know, by the time we we're kicking off next season, you know, a really good, what we need to do is in the close season. I think you need to do that in the close season. It's all right doing all this in this marketing in in now, but you know, 
well, once the season finishes October, you've got like three sort of months there before the season starts. That's when you've got to get into schools and, you know, get promoting the season tickets. You know, try and sell as many season tickets as you can and, and you know, re- really, really put the buzz out there, you know, for the for the start of the new season. But, but yeah, I mean, let's let's be positive now. We've got this, this middle eight coming and, you know, it needs to start with a win on there. We'd finish the season with a regular season with a win on Friday and then we can go into that really positive. Yeah, give us a score prediction for the game Friday, Paul. Ooh, 28-24 to Salford. 28-24, going close. You're going that both sides are going to be entertaining, score plenty of points and be a good game to watch. Yeah, I think so. I think Hull, Hull are dangerous, aren't they? They can score points. They've got some pace. You know, like I said, Jamie Shaw, they've got paces on the edges as well. But so have we. So have we. And, you know, you look at the, look at their side, like I said, Yeeman, and he's getting on a bit him now. If we can, we can move the ball there, we can expose him and... You know, there's certain players in there forwards. I don't think, you know, like Liam Watson, like the guy we mentioned before, that Danny Howe, uh, Danny Washbrook, sorry. I don't I don't think they're any any better than the guys we've got there. So let's not be overawed by Hull. You know, uh, we, they definitely decide we can turn over. Yeah, I'm going to go Salford 30, Hull 12. Got a feeling, you know, early big start, get the points on early. Hull will be caving under the pressure of wanting to finish first and things not going their way. And we'll end up, you know, running away with it, 30 points. That's a brave prediction, that, Rob, 30 points. I have well. faith. Yeah, I you're have really, faith. really solid there. On that yeah, one, yeah. I, have, I have faith the boys will come in on Friday uh, and, you know, want to put a mark on the whole, uh, to obviously for a message for the rest of the teams in the middle eight, say, look, we're, yeah. we're, not there. we're not supposed to be here. We're the top six side end of the day. Mm-hmm. And we've just demolished all at home. So, you know, if you think you're, you think you're good enough, come down to the AJ Bell. And see what you can do. But, I suppose yeah. I suppose a lot of it, Rob, is is how um, Hull are going to approach this game. I mean, yeah. the squad looks pretty solid, doesn't it? And you know, there's all sorts of different conundrums, isn't there, of how, how Hull are going to go about? Because you know, you, you carry the points over to to the, the Super Eights, don't they? So uh, you know, they'll be looking to to take two more points over and go into that Super Eights leading it. So they've got a chance to finish. Well, they should finish in the top four, but they'll want to win that League Leader Shield as well, won't they? So um, I, I don't think they're going to going to come to Salford and lie down for us are they they're, they're going to be coming you know all guns blazing to beat us so you know we're going to have to be on our metal to win and I'm sure we will be yeah it's going to be an entertaining game thanks for listening to this week's podcast another great podcast uh, Paul talking all things over the Devils yeah it's been good mate really enjoyed it and uh, yeah I'm really looking forward to Friday now and then I'm really excited about this this uh, middle eights as well yeah and you can find us on Twitter at D-I-T-D-S-R-D you can find us on Facebook Devil in the Detail and you can find us on SoundCloud iTunes and rlinternetradio.com. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.